Have you found yourself in a situation where you had to choose between a small or a large cup of Coke? Do you find it easy to decide which one you want right away? What if I told you that your choice would have been different if they were to offer a third option without changing anything about the other two? Does that sound familiar to you? These and many more questions will be answered in the fourth episode of the Cultivate Greatness Radio Hour. This week's topic, the decoy effect. gain a better understanding of the inner workings of human decision making by learning about different concepts from the realms of behavioral economics and business psychology. Today, in the fourth episode of this podcast, the topic of conversation will be the decoy effect. We will start with the definition, go through different examples, talk about how you can make use of the decoy effect yourselves, as well as, as always, talk about ways to combat it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let us kick things off with a basic presentation of the effect. In marketing, the decoy effect or attraction effect or asymmetric dominance effect is the phenomenon whereby consumers will tend to have a specific change in preference between two options when also presented with a third option that is asymmetrically dominated. An option is asymmetrically dominated when it is inferior in all aspects to one option but in comparison to the other option it is inferior in some respects and superior in others. In other words, in terms of specific attributes determining preferences, it is completely dominated by one option and only partially dominated by the other. When the asymmetrically dominated option is present, a higher percentage of consumers will prefer the dominating option than when the asymmetrically dominated option is absent. The asymmetrically dominated option is therefore a decoy serving to increase preference for the dominating option. The decoy effect is also an example of the violation of the independence of irrelevant alternatives axiom of decision theory. More simply, when deciding between two options, an unattractive third option can change the perceived preference between the other two. The effect was first described by academics Joel Huber, John Payne and Christopher Puto in a paper published in the Journal of Consumer Research in 1982. They demonstrated the effect through experiments in which participants, university students in that case, were asked to make choices in scenarios involving beer, cars, restaurants, lottery tickets, films, and television sets. In each product scenario, participants first had to choose between two options. Then they were given a third option, a decoy designed to nudge them toward picking the target of the competitor. In every case except the lottery tickets, the decoy successfully increased the probability of the target being chosen. The decoy effect is considered particularly important in choice theory because it is a violation of the assumption of regularity present in all axiomatic choice models. Regularity means that it should not be possible for the market share of any alternative to increase when another alternative is added to the choice list. The new alternative should reduce or at best leave unchanged the choice share of existing alternatives. Now, why is it the case that a decoy can influence our behavior when it shouldn't from a rational point of view? 
When consumers are faced with many alternatives, they often experience choice overload. What psychologist Barry Schwartz has termed the ty tyranny or paradox of choice. Multiple behavioral e experiments have consistently demonstrated that greater choice complexity increases anxiety and hinders decision-making. In an attempt to reduce this anxiety, consumers tend to simplify the process by selecting only a couple of criteria, say price and quantity, to determine the best value for money. Through manipulating these key choice attributes, the decoy steers you into a particular direction where giving you the feeling you are making a rational, informed choice. The decoy effect is thus a form of nudging. Defined by Richard Taylor and Cass Sunstein, the pioneers of nudge theory, as any aspect of the choice architecture that alters people's behavior predictably without forbidding any options. Not all nudging is manipulative, and some argue that even manipulative nudging can be justified if the ends are noble. It has proven useful in social marketing to encourage people to make good decisions such as using less energy, eating healthier, or becoming organ donors. We see decoy pricing in many areas. Maybe the most famous example of this is shown in Dan Ariely's book, Predictably Irrational, and was a true case used by The Economist magazine. In a subscription screen, three options are present. Web subscription. $95, one-year subscription to economist.com, includes online access to all articles from The Economist since 1997. Print subscription. $125, one-year subscription to the print edition of The Economist. Print and web subscription, $125, one-year subscription to the print edition of The Economist and online access to all articles from The Economist since 1997. When presented as above, 16% of the students in the experiment conducted by Ariely chose the first option, 0% chose the middle option, and 84% chose the third option. Even though nobody picked the second option, when he removed that option, the result was the inverse. 68% of the students picked the online-only option, and 32% chose the print and web option. This effect has been shown to occur in several contexts. It can work in dating. We are more likely to be interested in someone if we see them besides someone who is similar-looking, but slightly less attractive. It can also occur in voting preferences. The third most popular candidate in a race may boost preferences for one of the top two candidates over the other. And you may also come across it in employment decisions. In hiring decisions, the decoy effect may push employers to be more likely to choose some candidates more of the time. Similarly, in employees' choices between job offers, the decoy effect could influence the workplaces that employees choose. Of course, in most of these contexts, the decoy, inferior option, is not placed there on purpose. Our potential partners do not usually try to seduce us by standing next to slightly less attractive people, although some might. Similarly, politicians don't choose their political opponents to make them look better. It is now time for a quick break, but when we come back, we will talk about a few additional examples, how our brain processes the presence of a decoy, and lastly, what we can do to not be influenced by the decoy effect. Stay tuned. If you like what you have been hearing so far and want to help this podcast reach more people, it would mean a lot if you were able to leave a rating on iTunes. 
Additionally, if you are interested in learning more about fundamental concepts of behavioral economics and how you can use them to make better decisions in your own life going forward, consider following us on Instagram at Cultivate Greatness. Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Cultivate Greatness Radio Hour, where before the break we talked about the basic definition of the decoy effect as well as a few examples. Now we will go through a few additional examples, we will talk about how our brain processes the presence of a decoy and lastly we will examine what we can do to not be influenced by the decoy effect. National Geographic ran an experiment to test how the decoy effect influences consumers to buy a large popcorn rather than a small or medium one. To begin with, they offered the first group of consumers a small bucket of popcorn for $3 or a large one for $7. The result revealed that most of the consumers chose to buy the small bucket due to their personal needs at that time. As for the second group, they decided to offer three options. A small bucket for $3, a medium bucket, the decoy, for $6.50 and a large one for $7. This time, most of the consumers chose the large bucket because they saw value in more popcorn for only 50 cents. So, have you just made a sensible choice or have you been manipulated to spend more on a bucket larger than you needed? The decoy effect appears to work in the financial market as well. Brittany Paris from the University of New Hampshire conducted a study on how the decoy effect can influence investors' decisions. The first group of investors was offered two stocks. Stock A long-term growth of 20% and a dividend yield of 2%. Stock B, long-term growth of 10% and a dividend yield of 7%. In this situation, the investors divided their answers according to their personal preferences. Later on, Paris offered the second group three stocks. Stock A, long-term growth 20%, dividend yield 2%. Stock B, long-term growth 10%, dividend yield 7%. Stock C, long-term growth of 15% and a dividend yield of 1%, the decoy. This time, most investors chose stock A over stock B. Stock C was asymmetrically dominated by stock A in both growth and yield. As a result, the decoy effect caused investors to increase the perceived importance of growth over income. Decoys also appeal to an even more basic trait of human nature, a trait that underlies every irrational decision you will ever make, your aversion to loss. Loss aversion, as we've talked about in the first episode of this podcast, means that 10% feels twice as expensive when it's a loss instead of a gain. Several experiments have confirmed the loss aversion ratio of approximately 2 to 1. As a result, we are more likely to choose if it results in a comparably smaller amount of loss. But the very definition of loss is subjective. A loss compared to what? All it takes is shifting the reference point to change a gain into a loss. Creating decoy product options can highlight the value of your target product options, the products you're trying to sell more of. When you increase the perceived value of your target product for your consumers, you may increase the likelihood that they purchase that product. Use this when you're designing your pricing strategy. Think about which option you'd like to sell the most of. Then include an option that makes that option look more attractive and highlights its value. 
You can do that by creating a decoy and adding an option with fewer features for roughly the same price. Keep in mind that this effect can, can't con someone into buying something they don't want. If you don't want a subscription to The Economist, you won't buy one. Now, no matter what the options are. Same with popcorn, diamonds, and SaaS products. All the decoy effect does is help you understand how people make value comparisons. Knowing what kinds of comparisons people make can help you set up your options to highlight the value of the products you want to sell most. Every choice involves a trade-off between speed and accuracy. There are benefits to being quick and there are benefits to being accurate. But it's impossible to be both quick and accurate. For example, sometimes it's more important to jump out of the way of the oncoming truck than to worry about how you land. You can spend a long time making a choice, but by the time you make it, it's too late. Your brain is optimized to make a passable decision in the shortest amount of time. When you see a target, a competitor, and a decoy, your brain sees a pile of data and a clue, the decoy, to justify the correct choice. The decoy reframes the decision around qualities that are easy to compare and away from the qualities that are difficult to compare. It's even possible to measure how your brain does this. Researchers identified five areas of the brain involved in decision-making and using fMRI watched how these areas responded to both the presence and absence of a decoy. The decoy led to decreased activity in the amygdala which controls fear and negative emotion. When the decoy was added, subjects felt more positive emotion and less fear. The decoy made them happier about making a decision. The decoy led to decreased activity in the inferior parietal lobule, which is the part of the brain that processes numerical magnitude. The decoy led to decreased activity in the MPFC, which handles self-referential evaluation of preferences as well as the release of dopamine. When a decoy is added, people ask fewer questions about whether their choice aligned with their values and preferences. The decoy led to increased activity in the posterior DLPFC, which controls rule-based decisions. Adding a decoy means the brain is more likely to perform mental shortcuts to arrive at a decision more quickly. Decoy led to increased activity in the anterior cingulate cortex, which controls disgust and conflict. What does this all mean? In short, a two-item set makes you stressed, it requires extra subconscious mental processing, and it's closely associated with negative emotion. But at a decoy, your brain loves this. You can take mental shortcuts, you won't experience negative emotions, and you can make stress-free decisions. You can even make decisions faster. When a decoy is present, people make their choice 9.05% faster on average. The main downside of the decoy is you might make an irrational choice. Some would describe this type of pricing as a form of gaslighting. It is deliberately manipulating others. Proponents of the decoy effect, however, say that the ends justify the means. They also rationalize the decoy effect by minimizing its effect on consumers. They say, well, what difference does it make in the long run to consumers? And say that there are much worse deceptions that are perpetrated on consumers. Over time, falling for the decoy effect can make a substantial dent in your finances. And the subtraction of money can be so gradual over time that you may not even realize how much you are losing. Besides, Going for the larger food item because it appears to be less expensive can also lead to weight gain. It's almost impossible to avoid the decoy effect. A decoy reframes a decision in a way that changes the context of a choice. 
it appeals to our desire to avoid loss. It helps us make after-the-fact justifications for irrational decisions. Decoy make decisions easier for our brains to process. And they quite literally make us happier about the decisions we make. The deck is stacked against us. Fortunately, there are a few things you can do to mitigate the negative consequences of a decoy. Beware of your tendency to rationalize a bad decision. If you're a comparison shopper, the kind who clips coupons, researches the products you buy, and reads consumer reports, then you are especially prone to fall for decoys. Rationalizing a decision won't always cause a bad outcome, it simply means it's an inadequate defense. Watch out for items in sets of three. There are two reasons why you should watch out for items in sets of three. Three items is the optimal number for a choice set. Too few choices and you'll be worried you're missing something. Too many choices and you risk suffering from decision fatigue and not making a choice at all, which means you're not spending any money. Second, on top of that, decoys are exponentially less effective with four or more choices. So you can bet that if you're in a situation where you're evaluating three items, it's not by accident. Calculate the cost per unit. This seems obvious, but how often do you do it? What's the price per gigabyte of your iPhone? How much are you paying per inch for that new television? What's the price per ounce of your food? Do the math and know what you're paying for. If you find an asymmetric relationship between the price of the qualities of a product you care about, then it's likely there's a decoy in your choice set. If you find yourself making decisions based on the intangible, unquantifiable qualities, such as how the MacBook Pro makes you feel, then it's likely you're not making a decision based on the product, but on the extent to which you identify with the brand. That's another topic for another day. Calculate how many you'll need. When you calculate the cost per unit, make sure you do so based on the maximum number of products you think you'll buy in a given period. And that's it for this episode of the Cultivate Greatness Radio Hour. As this show is still relatively new and will continue to be experimental, I would appreciate any kind of feedback on its contents. So please let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you would be interested in hearing about. Anything you have to say about the show. It's easiest to reach me on Instagram, either at darts94x or cultivategreatness.fine. The URLs to everything can be found in the show notes of this episode. Thank you as always for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of the Culture Greatness Radio Hour. Be sure to check out previous and upcoming episodes via your podcast app of choice or at anchor.fm slash cgrh where all episodes of the podcast can be found. Thanks again and I will catch you guys next week.